The CU 2.0 podcast about new style credit union thinking for today, for success tomorrow. Time to move be past the old ways. That's what this podcast is about. New thinking, new tools, new technology for success tomorrow. Welcome to the CU 2.0 podcast with your host, Robert McGarvey. Today's guest, John Pembroke, CEO of Q's. What we're going to talk about is war, specifically the war for talent, which Mr. Pembroke will tell you is what's going to decide which organizations win, which organizations don't win. You want to have the best talent. We specifically talk at some length about recruiting talent to the board of directors of credit unions. Tricky proposition since most of them cannot compensate directors. So how do you get the best talent? How do you get the talent you need? How do you get diverse talent? It's all difficult, difficult, difficult topics for credit unions today. But Pembroke, from his Q's seat, has a lot of insight into this, a lot of things to say. He's going to tell us how he sees successful credit unions recruiting talent. We'll also talk a little bit about recruiting senior executive talent, too. Also a challenge... Although, let's be honest, probably directors is the biggest challenge for most credit unions today. Tune in, listen in, have fun. Morning, this is John Pembroke. Yeah, hi, this is Robert McGarvey. How are you? Fine, you. Good. So we're going to talk this morning about talent development, I think. And for credit unions, I I see that as as a critical mission. So... A, do you agree that it's a critical mission? And B, what's the state of affairs? What's what's the temperature right now in terms of credit union talent development? Is talent development critical? Absolutely. Uh, talent wins. We were just in, I was just in the Bahamas with 300, more than 300 CEOs and board chairs. So credit unions across North America and one of our major speakers was a gentleman by the name of Ron Sharon. Ron Sharon is the global, he's the advisor to CEOs and boards of global 500 companies and talked a lot about his new book, which is entitled Talent Wins. His whole premise was talent creates value. So uh, it's of paramount importance to credit unions and you know, businesses and organizations environment. It at the end of the day, strategy, execution, implementation, innovation, whatever the word is, it's going to have to come and be executed upon by an individual or a team of folks, and that's talent. So your ability to develop talent, your ability uh, to put talent in the right roles, your ability to retain talent will be critical to your success. Now, how do you attract, develop, retain talent when probably money is not what you have to offer? Goldman Sachs will say, hey, you come work here, you work out, you'll be a millionaire before you're 30, and you will be. No credit union can say that. Very few credit unions can say, hey, you start here, you work your whole life, you'll be a millionaire at the end. Even that's not true. Sure. Uh, There are different ways to attract, develop, and retain talent. Uh, You reference compensation. That's one. There are others. My 
spots. So you have to be competitive in all, but you have to figure out where you want to differentiate yourself from those you're competing uh, with from a talent standpoint. So compensation is one. Uh, I would say benefits. So, you know, health care benefits, retirement benefits, just so you can lump it all in one. That's another way. Professional development, I think, is another lever that you can pull. So your commitment to developing people, helping them learn more, increasing their overall value, their influence, their exposure, and their ability to impact an organization, I think is another one. And and the last one I will focus on will be, let, let, let's just call it culture and lifestyle. So culture, you know, what are the promoted and accepted behaviors of your organization? What is the work environment like? Like externally, what is the lifestyle that individuals will be able to have and live if they work for your credit union, for your organization. You know, I uh, attended University of Pennsylvania Wharton School of Business in the late 80s, and I would say 20%, 25% of my graduating class went straight to Wall Street to work for big firms like Goldman Sachs and um, uh, well, back then, Merrill Lynch, a lot of those firms don't exist today. Um, but at any rate, uh, these individuals did not have a life outside of work. They were working 80 to 90 to 100 hour weeks. And, you know, that, that is great for some, but not great for all. Um, so uh, when it comes to the culture, the work environment, and the lifestyle. So if you... You know, take a look in those four areas. How do you want to position your credit union? Like I said, you need to be competitive and you need to be in the ballpark. But you have to figure out where you want to win. And I think when it comes to uh, benefits, when it comes to professional development, talent development, when it comes to work environment and lifestyle, especially with the understanding that our industry uh, there's a purpose, there's a mission, it's mission-driven. I think those are areas where you can win. Now, is it harder or easier now to recruit uh, good board members? Well, I think uh, the world, the war for talent, you know, what, when, when you talk about the war for talent, uh, there's a limited supply of talent. Uh, and you have a bunch of companies and organizations fighting for that talent. Uh, that exists on the management side as well as the board side. And there's a and there's no adage that if you want to get something done, find someone busy to do it. And you know, organizations, companies uh, are looking at the same busy people to try to secure them as board members to help them from a leadership standpoint lead organizations to a change to a vision and mission. So it, it it exists on both sides, the management side as well as the board side. I, I, I live in Arizona, land of a state of homeowners associations. And it's it's getting very hard to get people who want to serve on the board of a homeowners association. Essentially the same deal as a credit union. There's no compensation. And uh, what you get out of it is what you put into it. 
and many people are deciding they don't want to put anything into it. Well, I, I would, uh, I guess I would challenge that thinking. I think there is talent out there. You need to look in different places, though. When it comes to board recruitment, the first thing you need to do is you need to take an assessment of the expertise and the talent inventory that you have currently on the board. The second thing you need to do is the understanding of where you're trying to take the organization. What do you need? What are the skill sets? What's it? expertise what the experience you need. Based on that, you need to look, uh, you need to have a more comprehensive approach to trying to identify talent. Uh, the knee-jerk reaction is always, who do we know? And that may not be the best approach, especially uh, if you're struggling to identify uh, quality talent, especially if you are trying to diversify the ranks of your board, uh, there, there are plenty of other options there um, for, for you to explore. And you know, there are still, I think, plenty of qualified candidates who would like to gain nonprofit board experience. You just can't look in the traditional uh, areas to try and secure them. So where, more specifically, where, where would you look? Uh, you know, there are, uh, like, like I said, you, the first thing you need to do is you need to define the type of expertise and skill set that you need from a board standpoint. And the second, the second, you could look, uh, there are community organizations, there are different uh, non-profit organizations where you can look, there are, you know, a, a good place to look, a couple of good places to look. Um, you know, there are search firms that focus on the placement of board members for large organizations, and they go through and talk, speak with tons of individuals who, for one reason or another, are not ready, and board experience, lack thereof, uh, is a typically one of the reasons they will be, you know, they will be... I believe they would be willing to, uh, at the candidate's you know, um, approval, share names of individuals who would and need board experience in order to advance their you know, aspirations to get on a for-profit board. Um, so, like I said, you need to think about it differently and think of different ways and different talent pools uh, in your market to try and secure the individuals you need on your board. Now, what's your sense of how credit unions are doing in terms of board diversity? Overall, if you look at percentages, and, uh, you know, Q's, we are an international organization, so uh, our, our footprint is primarily North America, so U.S., Canada, and, and the Caribbean. Uh, we have members in other European and Asian countries, but the majority of our membership resides in North America. And overall, if you were to compare uh, board composition to, say, Fortune 500 companies or other examples, overall, uh, I think credit union boards are more progressive. Now, the question is, are they where they need to be? And the answer is no. Um, they need to continue to evolve. 
uh, to ensure that, number one, uh, as I said before, they have the talent that they need to lead the organization to uh, achieve its, its mission and vision, and also that the board reflects the market opportunity in the market that they're in. So uh, I think that uh, if you compare the U.S. and in Canada, the boards uh, to Fortune 500 boards, you'd, we're ahead from a diversity and inclusion standpoint, but that's not, you know, it needs to continue to evolve. And um, there are great examples, I think, of credit unions with diverse boards and uh, just just like anything, there are those that need to continue to address this as an opportunity. Well, one, one area where I think credit unions are lagging is in Hispanic board members. That, But I talked to a number of credit unions that are aware of this because they want more Hispanic members. And one way to, to go after more Hispanic members is to get more Hispanic board members. Uh, so they're, they're trying to remedy it. It's not the easiest thing in the world to remedy, though. Yeah, well, um, there are those, I think, that uh, do it well uh, and have made progress. Uh, and, you know, just, just in, in, with any opportunity or any challenge, there are those that are doing well and there are those that, that need improvement. Um, I, I wouldn't just limit it to uh, Latino uh, board members uh, broadening the, uh, the ethnic opportunity, uh, the age opportunity as well. Oh, age is a major challenge. I talked to many credit unions that desperately want a board member under the age of 40, and they don't have it. And uh, yeah. that's that's proven very tough for a lot of a lot of credit unions. Yeah, but, you know, uh, I, I uh, there are some great examples out there. Uh, if you look at our 2018 Distinguished Director Award winner, uh, his name is James Sackett. James is under 40. James is a board member of Firefly Credit Union in the Minneapolis area, uh, which is you know, a significant credit union in the one to two billion, I think around the two billion dollar range. Uh, there are others as well. Uh, we we had quite a few younger board members at our directors conference that we just had in December. Like I said, I think there are those that uh, have done it and are focused on achieving that. Uh, and there are those that need to continue to work it, but uh, I'm, I'm confident that overall as an industry, just as from a diversity inclusion standpoint, uh, we are ahead of other benchmarks, other industries, other companies that will continue to evolve and be committed to evolve and, and, and make it happen. Where does the issue of board compensation stand? I, I know that's been discussed off and on for many years. I know some state chartered uh, credit unions do compensate board members, but it's obviously it's not the norm. Where does that stand right now? So uh, I think uh, you know, your statement uh, kind of captures it. There are several states. States like the state of Washington, states like the state of uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, if you look in Canada, boards are compensated. So it, it is a, another way that credit unions attract, reward uh, board members. 
in, in, in all cases, I don't think, in the majority, the overwhelming majority of the cases, uh, the compensation, it, it is, it, it pales in comparison to that of a Fortune 500 company or Fortune 1000 company, but uh, it, it does exist. Uh, so it, it, in, in certain states, it's, it's allowed, and in certain um, federally chartered credit unions, it's not, and in other states, it's not allowed. Do you th is there more of a desire for it? I think uh, I, I would characterize it as mixed desire. There are those who view it as a way to attract uh, and reward uh, the board members they have. Now, understand, I think the statistic is the average board member of an organization on an annual basis dedicates over 300 hours to be an effective board member. That's a significant amount of time. Uh, I don't care how you slice it. That's a significant amount of time. And like we talked about earlier, these are busy people, um, busy professional individuals. Uh, so you know, with that said, I think uh, there are those that view it as a way to attract and a way to compensate people, uh, uh, professionals, leaders, for their time, for their expertise, for their insight. Uh, there are those who, on the other end of the continuum, believe that board members should be volunteers uh, based on the origination of our industry, uh, people helping people, and, uh, you know, the governance models that exist. So I, I will characterize it as mixed. What, what do you think about, um, let's call it indirect compensation? I, I know some credit unions in some states uh, offer uh, health insurance, for instance, to board members. In many states, that's a, that has significant value. That's uh, on the order of, I don't know, uh, $12,000 a year, maybe more. So uh, I, I am all for quality leadership within a credit union. And uh, whatever the organization believes in and whatever they feel they need to do that's consistent with, uh, you know, their overall culture, their overall strategy, et cetera, they should, they should consider. Do you think there should be an upper age limit for board members? I believe there should be term limits. I think it's uh, a good practice if you, especially the way financial services have evolved. Uh, you know, if you, Robert, just think about consumer financial services five years ago and compare it to, the to today, there's been a significant amount of change. Well, the pace of change is just going to increase. And, you know, because of that, I think the time commitment, bandwidth to learn, all those things, bringing in an exposure to new concepts, new ideas, new experiences, bringing in new board members to provide those new insights, those new experiences, to have that knowledge, I think is, 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 is a great thing. Uh, so many different industries, so many different functions are just changing so rapidly that you really need to put yourself in a position to bring new blood, new people into the board room in order to uh, make sure you're aware, you understand, uh, have people 
we understand what's going on and the changes that are taking place. I I agree. I credit unions have become technology companies in the last five or ten years. Whereas twenty years ago credit unions were people companies. And I'm not saying the people component's not important anymore. It certainly is, but the face of the credit union now is the mobile app in many cases. And that's a whole different world. You know, board members have to stretch themselves and embrace that technology, I believe. Now, yeah, I, I find boards to be the trickiest issue for credit unions, much harder than, than executive staffing, although executive staffing is, I hear, very hard for smaller credit unions, let's say under $100 million, where the search for CEO talent is really, really treacherous, or so people tell me. Well, I think uh, that is uh, a function of... Um with scale, there are certain benefits to scale. And there are certain challenges when you do not have scale. Not saying the challenges can't be overcome, but there are certain challenges. And I think what you just shared um, could be one of the challenges, a good example of a challenge that that's uh, that exists for smaller credit unions. Do you see mission as a way to attract people into credit unions? Absolutely. So when I, the fourth lever to pull, talked internally about um, culture and work environment, uh, I refer to it as lifestyle, focus on external, but uh, I think the mission, uh, mission-driven individuals, definitely a source of attraction for credit unions. The great thing, I think when you look at younger Professionals, younger, individ uh, younger individuals, they are definitely very socially conscious, uh, and that aligns itself with mission-driven. And also, you know, when it comes to where the credit union wants to win, remember I identified the four things, that typically individuals who are mission-driven aren't the same individuals who want to work at Goldman Sachs. Right. So there are other ways to attract and develop and retain them than compensation. Uh, to be clear, you need to be competitive, uh, but there are other ways and there are other things that are appealing to them uh, than just solely uh, money. Personally, I've been involved in credit unions and cooperatives because I believe in the mission, and uh, that's what I find compelling about it. Is, is it are the organizations perfect? Heck no. <laughs> but they're at least trying to do the right thing. Before we go, the CU 2.0 podcast is looking for a few good sponsors to help us spread the word about the digital transformation of credit unions. You could be one of them. Contact Robert McGarvey for details at rjmcgarvey at gmail.com. First come, first served. Again, that's rjmcgarvey at gmail.com. Now for a good word from our sponsor. You wish you could profitably make low-cost payday loans to help out members in need. Stop wishing, start acting. Check out QCash, an automated payday loan provider created by credit union people for credit union members. It's out of Washington State Employees Credit Union. Good stuff. Check it out. QCash, www.q-cash.com. Your members just may thank you. 
What are credit unions for? Helping good people out of jams. QCash just may be your solution. That's www.q-cash.com. The CU 2.0 podcast about new style credit union thinking for today, for success tomorrow. Time to move past the old ways. That's what this podcast is about. New thinking, new tools, new technology for success tomorrow.